This world has been changing and is changing so rapidly in terms of all different aspects of this control system, the way they manipulate education, manipulate wars, put in the people they want as presidents, give us all this shite through food and drink, control the media, manufacture the global warming scam, Big Pharma and 9-11 and all that stuff. And it's coming in in such a coordinated way. So yes, it's not just people sitting around a table somewhere in the world discussing the next move. There's the level where we see this unfolding in the news and, and what have you. Then there's this other dimensional, non-human level to look at. This voice started talking to me. It opened up by saying, there's only one thing you really need to know. Infinite love is the only truth. Everything else is illusion. What it was saying was, the only truth is the existence of this infinite one consciousness which is all-loving, all-knowing, all-wise, the harmonious amalgamation of all. Hello everyone. In this episode, I'm going to be exploring conspirituality. That's not spirituality which is a con. I won't be examining dubious gurus and dodgy crystal salesmen. Rather, it is the conjunction of spirituality and conspiracy theory. The term has its origin in a 2011 paper titled The Emergence of Conspirituality by authors Charlotte Ward and David Voas. They felt this strange phenomenon had emerged unnoticed, at least in academic circles, and were seeking to shine a light upon it. Whilst I suspect both authors come from a perspective of finding conspiracy theories concerning, they do maintain a neutral tone throughout the paper. Conspirituality has gone on to become principally a pejorative term, referring to spiritual people who become infected with the virus of paranoid conspiracism. This is especially true in the COVID era. When I first heard the phrase, however, it was being employed to suggest something positive. Elements of the conspiracy community had picked up on it and were applying it to themselves. It was mostly younger people, many radicalised by 9-11, who had come to question reality on both a spiritual and temporal level. And what could be wrong with that? Indeed, as I'm interested in both conspiracy theory and spirituality, it didn't seem like a bad fit for me. Whilst at the point of recording, the term is exactly 10 years old, the phenomenon of conspirituality is no doubt timeless. Whatever the forces are that yoke these two areas together, they are imprinted deeply in the human psyche. The prominent modern conspirituality theorist, David Icke, is expressing essentially the same themes as the religious sect known as the Cathars were in the Middle Ages and the Gnostic Christians a thousand years before that. This world is a kind of prison planet, ruled over by dark forces existing in both the material and spiritual realms. Indeed, Ike even adopts the same Greek word as the Gnostics, Archon, to name these dark spiritual entities that seek to subdue us. We needn't look to obscure cults either. Mainstream Christianity contains a central conspiracy theory where a supremely evil deity and his minions connive to lead humanity astray. It's no surprise then that a lot of modern conspiracy writing has a Christian influence. 
James Perloff, for example, opens his book Truth is a Lonely Warrior by informing the reader he really wanted to title it How Satan Rules in the World. His publisher advised against it. Perloff is a Bible-believing Christian, and so to him it's just obvious that the events described in the book of Revelation will be playing out here on earth. In his eyes, evidence from history only confirms this. We shouldn't be surprised then to find spirituality and conspiracy alongside each other. It has always been thus. Not ubiquitously so, however. Indeed, many people involved in spirituality detest any association with conspiracy theory. They find it embarrassing to share an ashram with proponents of these crazy claims and worry about the harm they're causing. For them, this seeing of evil intent everywhere is delusional. It reflects an inability to comprehend the subtleties of human nature, as well as the complexities of political structures. It's a cartoonish way of looking at the world. Even when taking action we vehemently disagree with, people may be acting from their own perception of the good, and not because of some dastardly scheme. This position also has historical roots. Platonic philosophy, which both precedes and influences Gnosticism, does not contain evil archons maliciously trying to keep humanity down. When Plato's escaped prisoner returns to the cave, the inmates are hostile to him not because they are evil, but because they perceive him as mad and dangerous, ranting on about a world of light as he stumbles around in the darkness. This becomes a template for understanding religious fanaticism through the ages, 2,000 years later, when the Catholic Cardinal Bellamano burned the mystic Bruno and had stern words of Galileo, it seems as clear as these things can be that he truly believed he was doing a virtuous thing, acting for the common good in upholding the one true faith. Spirituality almost ubiquitously posits some kind of fall, a loss of connection with our essential nature. Nuances of non-duality aside, we are now less than we can be with the spiritual path being the road of return. This loss requires explanation, both in its personal manifestation and in the state of a world afflicted by poverty, sickness and death. If God is love, how did we get here? The question cries out. Two possible answers arise. One is the conspiratorial, that conscious agents act deliberately to suppress humanity for their own gain, these agents can be human or otherwise. We see this depicted in films like Metropolis or The Matrix, where humans are enslaved, their energy used to feed the machine. The second answer is that we arrived here through an act of forgetfulness or sleep, through becoming entranced by the dream of life and forgetting who we really are. No one intentionally means ill, but this forgetting can so warp our minds that even otherwise good men like the Cardinal can come to set their fellow human beings on fire. It should be clear that both of these play out in the world. Some people do act deceptively and maliciously to benefit themselves at the expense of others. Other people create even worse disasters whilst trying their utmost to make the world a better place. We may struggle to discern between the two. If we are unable to see another's perspective, we may infer malicious intent when none is actually present. At other times we can be too willing to give the benefit of the doubt, and draw up convoluted reasons as to why we're simply not being lied to. I'm sure we can all recall incidents where we've gotten these judgments wrong in our lives, and we will doubtlessly go on to do so again. 
Could it be the case then that people, either through fundamental wiring or accumulated experience, tend to see reality more in one of these ways than another? Would this explain why we see this divide arising in spirituality? Can it be boiled down to a matter of perspective? Just as the anti-conspiracists see the conspiratorial inclined as simply not getting how the world works, in turn conspiracists see them as profoundly naive. Dupes who are taken in by every scam to fall from their preferred politician's mouth. Both groups are clearly correct. As we examined in episode 6, you would have to be an utter dupe, willfully ignorant of history, to not recognise the role conspiracy plays in shaping it. As we've also examined, there are those who descend into a conspiracy psychosis, unable to see that anyone acts from a different perspective, evil intent becomes the only way of explaining difference of opinion. I then return to my comments from the opening episode about resting in a meeting place of mystery, acknowledging that beyond a certain point, we don't know what forces are shaping our world. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I've lumped everything into two conspirituality, not conspirituality groups. Next time, I'll be more nuanced than that and break down the different philosophies that might fall under the conspirituality umbrella. I'll be starting by putting my own conspirituality on the table for examination, 